Good day, Homeground Church and guests. I'm really enthusiastic about God's word to us today. The reason for that is in February, God gave me a very clear word into a personal crisis. And I, at the time, thought to myself, I really need to tell other people this word, not knowing that a few months later, a pandemic would hit our country and our world. And so I really believe the word today is for all of us. It's a word in season. So I'm going to be sharing a testimony preach. It's going to involve quite a lot of preaching, but also my own story. And the intention isn't to put the focus on me, but to glorify a great and mighty God and to encourage us in this pandemic. So to start, my story um, got to a crisis point in December, January, February of this year. Um, for years, many of you know, my mum had struggled with uh, a debilitating disease. Uh, five years ago, we had to put her in a frail care, separate her from my dad, because we could no longer care for, for her. Uh, and that was so heartbreaking. At the same time, my dad had been going through huge challenges. And in the early part of this year, it came to a crisis point. We got to the point that due to a crop failure, my dad's a farmer and a businessman, a crop failure, fire, and massive debt, we could no longer afford the home that my mum was in, had to frantically rush around, find her a new home, had to find the month's notice in the expensive home, a deposit for the new home, and then going forward, we needed to find more money to pay for her care. Uh, my dad owed millions in debt. And so I find myself in the middle of the night, churning over and over, what could we do? We tried everything. We tried to sell the farm in an auction. We tried to sell the farm implements. Uh, we had tried every avenue but now we were outnumbered by our problems. And so I lay there at night thinking, how are I gonna buy um, my mum more nappies? How, how are we gonna pay for her and my dad's medical expenses? Uh, how, we were gonna pay, how were we gonna pay for her care? Things were tough. And I know that right now many of you are probably sitting and saying, I can relate, Cindy, but to a larger degree, you're not sure and you're full of fears and concerns about how you're going to provide for your family. Are you going to lose your job or you've already been retrenched? How are you going to keep your business afloat? Um, how are you going to pay all your bills? Uh, you're concerned about your child getting through the school year, doing it online. How are you going to hold your emotions together and your family together during this extended lockdown? Some of you are so overwhelmed by the demands of people um, and their needs around you. And I know this is true because I've spoken to many of you and prayed for many of you. And I want to come with some really good news today. During my personal crisis and during crises in the Bible, God encounters us. He speaks directly into our situation. And on the 6th of February, God led me to a passage that he spoke to King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
In King Jehoshaphat, he received this intelligence report, this terrifying report that three, three massive, massive armies had ganged up and they were on a warpath. They were only 24 kilometers away. If you've run a 24 kilometer run, you know trained soldiers could probably do that in less than two and a half hours. They were so close to annihilating Jehoshaphat and Judah. It was terrifying and Jehoshaphat, the last battle he'd been in, he escaped barely with his life. And so this scripture was so relevant to me because I, like Jehoshaphat, felt that there were huge odds stacked against us. Millions of rands of debt, couldn't care for my mom myself. I was overwhelmed with anxiety and worry about all kinds of things. And I was very afraid. And so I spent a number of hours on a retreat unpacking this passage and seeing what God has to say in the face of a crisis. And I believe today he speaks powerfully through King Jehoshaphat's story and says to us, in any crisis that we face, it's an opportunity for God to reveal himself. When the odds are stacked against you and I, God has an opportunity to show himself, to show his hand, to show his power, to show his deliverance. And due to time constraints today, I'm not going to read all of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, but I just want to briefly summarize the story for us. So as I said, there was a multitude on the way. Uh, talk about a reason for panic. But I love the fact that Jehoshaphat, although filled with fear, didn't let it immobilize him, disable him. Uh, he didn't quickly go, how many, how many uh, warriors do we have? Let's stockpile toilet paper in Jerusalem. Uh, let's have countless council meetings to know what to do. Jehoshaphat did the wisest thing. He prayed. He called the people together and they prayed and fasted urgently. And the wonderful thing is God immediately answered. The Holy Spirit came down and a prophet spoke to them and he said this, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow go out to face them, for Yahweh is with you. Such words of hope and encouragement. It inspired them, this promise, so much that they fell down and just worshipped God. And then the next day, early in the morning, it says, they were obedient and they went out into battle. And Jehoshaphat gives them a pep talk and he says, Guys, believe God. Believe the word of his prophet from yesterday. And then he puts the singers in the front of the army and they go out leading everybody singing, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. I want to just stop on those words before I carry on with the story. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. I think that phrase is so important because when we're in a crisis, we question God's love. I remember somebody saying, how can you say God loves your mother? when she's constantly been ill for 12 years. Um, I remember thinking myself, God, if you love us, surely you would have sold the farm by now and delivered us from these circumstances. And God gently said to me, my love for you doesn't change, even when your circumstances do. Throughout scripture, we see that his love endures forever. It's unfailing. And nothing can separate us from his love. 
If you don't believe me, go and read Romans 8 for yourself. So back to our story. The moment that these singers began their shouts of praise, the Lord set an ambush against their enemies. Two of the armies turned against one of the armies and totally killed everyone. And then those two, two armies turned against each other and killed each other, annihilated each other. So Judah comes to the battleground and all they see is corpses in front of them. God had defeated their enemy. Not only did he defeat their enemy, it says that Jehoshaphat and his army went and pulled plunder and valuables from their enemies. So much so that nobody could carry any more. And so the army returns to Jerusalem singing praises of victory. And it ends by saying Jehoshaphat's kingdom was quiet for his God had given him rest on every side. So what is God's message to us when the odds are stacked against us? When crisis comes calling? Heard the story of a refugee today going, I can't pay my rent. I owe thousands on my rent. I can't feed my family and my family back in the Congo need money. What do I do? And we're all struggling with odds stacked against us, but I believe that there are timeless truths from this passage that can help us. But we also need to realize that there are parts of this passage that were specifically for Jehoshaphat. Um, things like always standing still in a battle. I'm not sure we need to hear from God's Spirit what He requires of us in each different situation. Because sometimes in a battle we need to fight. We need to fight injustice and oppression and poverty. And so we need to know what God requires of us. But two timeless truths that I want to focus on today. The first is there's a word of encouragement from God. And the second is that God has an action plan for us in crisis. That word of encouragement, God wants to say to each of us today, you don't need to fear or be discouraged. You can have hope. Why? Because I'm bigger and greater than any crisis. Because I'm with you. Jehoshaphat prays an incredible prayer in this passage. I would have focused a lot more on the vast army, and yet he speaks about God's greatness and power. He says, Yahweh, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Twice in verse 17, God points to the fact through his prophet that he is with his people. Yahweh is with you. What a huge comfort to us that a powerful and mighty God who's in heaven is with us in our crisis. Even though we feel outnumbered, we're actually not outnumbered because a powerful, almighty God is with us. Picture the fact he's in heaven. Not only is he in heaven, he made the heavens. We're told that there are 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way alone. And there are millions upon millions of galaxies outside of the Milky Way galaxies. He created them all. We don't even know most of them. And the problems of our world are not too big for him who's in heaven and also him who rules over all those galaxies, rules over the 195 countries, over the 10,435 people groups. He knows every culture, every language, every tribe. And he intimately knows the 7 million 7.5 million people that
that inhabit this world intimately. Every detail of every person's life, every prayer, every difficulty, every joy. He says about us, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. It is this powerful, mighty, ruling God that is with us. So we do not need to be discouraged or afraid. We can have hope because this pandemic is not too big for him. But what does God require of us in this crisis? I don't know about you, but I'm a doer, and it has frustrated me to be stuck and told the best thing you can do is stay at home. In a crisis, I want to be doing something. And there are three things that we can do when crisis comes calling. According to these verses, we can pray, we can believe, and we can stand together. This so much about prayer in this passage. And there are three elements of prayer. You see so much praise before the battle, in the battle, and after the battle. They praise. And I think that is so beautiful. And it shows us that in a crisis we can choose. Are we going to moan and complain and gripe about things, worry about things? Or we can praise. I, I know in, in our personal uh, crisis, I spend so much time... Um, in the middle of the night, kind of picking through the problems and trying to find a way through. And it usually spiraled into huge anxiety and negative feelings and then negative responses, unwise responses. But when I chose praise, my whole perspective changed. Peter Gregg illustrates so well the importance of praise and adoration. He says it's like replacing our looking down through a microscope obsessively focusing on our problems and concerns, feelings, and we forget there's a really, really big world out there and a very big God who made the cosmos. And I think when we worship, it's a bit like we swap the microscope for the telescope. It changes everything when you stare up at the stars at night. Everyone who's not completely weird worships. No one stares up at the stars and thinks, aren't I amazing? You get lost in something bigger than who you are. And praise just helps you and I take away our microscopic focus on our concerns and helps us praise an awe-inspiring God. We remember He's good, He's kind, He's loving, He's ever-present, He's able to save. And I think so many of us need to stop microscopically focusing on social media and News 24 and we need to take a telescope of praise and praise our unchanging God. Prayer involves praise, and prayer also involves passion. We see that the people prayed and fasted. They were earnest. They were desperate. They were intentional about prayer. And Jesus tells us in Mark that prayer and fasting have a significant source of power when they're together. God invites us to pray about everything. No detail is unimportant for him. During our personal crisis, uh, I regularly used to write lists of, of my cares down and ask God. And I remember one day writing down a whole lot of lists of things that I was asking. And just sensed God and the need in myself to cast those things away from me, like that scripture says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And I put them in a prayer jar and um, as I did, I sensed God say to me, 
wait, wait expectantly for me and what I'm going to do. And I wrote on the top of those cares, um, he can do abundantly more than we ask or imagine. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that just now. But prayer isn't just about us asking. Prayer is also about us pausing to listen. Jehoshaphat and the people didn't rush to make their own plans in order to win the battle. They waited on God and they listened and they heard a plan that was totally contrary to human wisdom. I believe in this crisis. God is inviting us in this trial, like James says, to ask for wisdom. He says, if you need wisdom, ask your God, generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I believe that we need to take time and ask God, ask him for wisdom, ask him for creativity and innovation and skills, anything we need to thrive in this crisis, not just to survive. And then let's pause and listen to what he tells us and imagine some of the ideas the Almighty God will give us. So in this crisis, we can pray. We also can believe. Jehoshaphat calls the people in a mighty pep talk and says, believe in Yahweh, believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And during this crisis, this passage calls you and I to believe. Keep on believing. Don't stop. Jesus, after calming a violent storm, he rebukes his disciples and he says, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Jesus must have been so frustrated with his friends. I think he must have thought, friends, don't you trust my word? I told you we were going to go to the other side. Friends, don't you trust my presence? I was with you in the boat. Friends, don't you trust my power? You've seen the miracles I've performed. And you and I, we're in a big storm, a violent storm. And I'd hate for us to get to the end. And Jesus said, where was your faith? I was with you. I'm going to get you to the other side. I am an authority over your crisis. And so let's have faith. Let's keep believing in him. And practically, I believe that we can strengthen our faith by regularly repeating worship songs that have statements of faith. Uh, I would sing songs like The God of the Impossible and Waymaker and different songs that would help me to focus on the statements of belief and also to meditate and memorize promises that God has given and apply them into our different situations. He will provide all our needs according to his glorious riches. And so let us focus on continuing to believe. So we can pray and we can believe and then we can stand together. From this passage, we see that Jehoshaphat called all the people to pray and fast together. Is there no other time in my lifetime that we've needed to pray and fast together more than now? Join us in our online prayer platforms to pray corporately together. We have a wonderful Zoom connection every Tuesday morning at 7. Join us. He also got different people and appointed them to different roles. He also consulted the people because Jehoshaphat knew he would not win the war on his own, standing alone. My family during the crisis, 
um, were so well supported by community. Phone calls, voice notes, text of Bible verses, prayer support. Over 40 people committed to pray and fast with us. Some met in this very chapel and prayed that God would intervene and rescue my mom and dad. And so we cannot fight this battle alone. We weren't meant to stand alone. And I realize that in this season, it's very difficult. So many of us are isolated. So we need to fight for community, for standing together even more than normally. We need to be intentional. The church offers opportunities for community. Join a life group. Join an LTC. Invite somebody to be your prayer partner. But don't do it alone. We need to encourage each other to keep believing, to keep praying, to keep standing firm. I want to end by, by just sharing what God did for us in, in my personal crisis. So as I was reading that passage on the 6th of February this year, so much of it resonated with me. The vast difficulties that we were facing, the overwhelming fear, uh, the prayer we'd been praying and fasting, uh, the people's support we'd had that. Then the words tomorrow um, appeared twice and I knew that the next day I was going into a meeting to negotiate a farm sale with my dad. Uh, a pastor negotiating a farm sale, quite interesting. Um, you are closing prayer and little did the farmers know that. Um, but yeah, there was so much the, the saying, God, this, this, these problems are so overwhelming. We look to you, we, we can do nothing. Um, I remember praying out of that passage, God, just like you did for Jehoshaphat, giving him abundant valuables and, and plunder, won't you please give my dad physical and spiritual blessings? Uh, I prayed that last verse, just like Jehoshaphat had peace and rest on every side. God, would you do that for my mom and dad? My dad financially, my mom physically. And I sensed God promising me through that passage that he was about to do something. I just needed to wait and see. With my mom and dad in my heart and mind, after the retreat, I, I drove down the hill and quickly popped in to see my mom in her new home. And it was really, really difficult for me because the prayer that I had prayed about my mom finding peace and rest on every side had begun to be answered. My mom wasn't the same as she was the Saturday before. She was alive, but no longer present. And, and I put my head in her lap and I just sobbed and sobbed. And two days later, my mom found peace and rest on every side, delivered from 12 years of struggling with an illness, five years of emotional struggle, a mental struggle, she was completely delivered. I had prayed for months and years, God, provide for mom, provide for her care, provide for her needs. And God had taken her to be with him in heaven, to eat from his wealth. And he himself, who loved her dearly, was caring for her. And with my mom's death, my dad too was delivered. It comes with much heartbreak, as you can imagine. But on the 1st of February, my dad was able to pay the life insurance that he and my mum had taken out years ago for her for the last time. He would not be able to afford it in March. And so her life insurance delivered my dad from debt. 
And I pictured my mom when it paid out, standing next to Jesus, nudging him and saying, Jesus, look what we did. Through my death, like your death, Tony's delivered from slavery to death. And sending in sleep again, and she chuckles. And you know, God answered those prayers, that list that I put in that jar, abundantly and beyond what I could have asked or imagined. I prayed that he'd provide for my dad. My dad can have income. I prayed that he'd be able to pay every single one of his creditors. Last week, he paid the last person. Every single one on that list has been paid. Not only that, he can be generous again. I just am so thankful to God for all of his provision. He doesn't need to sell the farm. He doesn't need to sell the implements. He can do that at the right time. You know, God delivered us. He gave me a promise on the Thursday and on the Saturday. He had fulfilled that promise to me. His word applies to our lives. And I want to remind you today, do not be afraid or discouraged because the vast number of COVID uh, illnesses and of this economic crisis, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And the same God who did deliver Jehoshaphat and Judah thousands of years ago, and my mum and dad and I just a couple of months ago, he's the same God today in your life. He's with you. His love endures forever. He's able to save or to help us have the strength to get through if he chooses to let us go through it. And to also encourage us to ask him for the strength to keep praying and praising and pausing to listen, to keep believing, and to keep standing together through this crisis. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you, thank you and praise you for delivering my family. You know, I just haven't got over praising you for that. Thank you for Jehoshaphat's story and the encouragement it brings to our lives, Lord. And today, Holy Spirit, you know the situation that every single person watching finds themselves in. You know the difficulty, the overwhelming odds against them. Thank you that you're with them. I pray that you'd reveal your presence in tangible ways that they would know you're with them. And in this pandemic, Lord, give us all the strength by your Holy Spirit to keep praying, to keep praising, to keep pausing and listening to you, to keep believing, and to stand together, Lord. May we fight for community in our isolation. Pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Mm -hmm.